Okay, so today we have a huge and important day that we Marians have been preparing many of you for in your consecration to St. Joseph. So this is a beautiful day to start anew. Um, you know, there is uh, a seer in Italy, um, Gisela Accardia, that has recently been saying that our Virgin Mother has been saying that the time of mercy is now over, and that the door of mercy is closing and the time of justice is upon us. In some sense, we might see that that is true. Now, this is not necessarily an approved apparition, so I have to be very careful. But I say, you know what? God's mercy will never end. This is, there might be some chastisement. Yes, this is scriptural, but yet God's mercy will never stop being provided to us if we simply ask for it. Case in point, St. Joseph. This is a gift in the year of St. Joseph, which goes all the way to December 8th this year. Now we all know that in the Holy Family, Jesus and Mary were the most important. Jesus was the most important. Next was Mary. But you've heard me say, but who was the head of the Holy Family? It was Joseph. And one of the reasons was because of his sanctity, his, he was righteous. You know, the tradition we have in our church is that Joseph... Yes, he was conceived with sin. Only Mary was not conceived with sin. But he was sanctified in the womb and never committed sin. But he was born, excuse me, conceived with sin. Yes. So only Mary was conceived without. But like John the Baptist, we believe he was sanctified in the womb and therefore was not a committed sinner in that sense, like we are broken. Now, that's because... Jesus was obedient to Mary and Joseph. So it makes sense, doesn't it? Isn't that amazing that God Almighty was obedient to two human beings? It shows the importance of not just Mary, but Joseph too. And Joseph was such a man to lead by example, not by word. He never spoke a word in the gospel, but yet he didn't command Jesus by word to perform miracles, as I said in my talk last Saturday. He basically didn't tell Jesus, get us out of poverty. Utilize your divinity to do this, or even save your own life when the time comes. No, he never told Jesus to do that. He accepted the will of God and was therefore a model of humanity to the Christ child who is now the incarnate son, became a man. Now, <clears throat> in that, as the foster father, as I said on Saturday, he actually played the role of the icon of God the Father for Jesus in his humanity. He was the incarnate flesh of the foster father for Jesus. He was a father figure. He was an icon. He was a type of God the Father. How more incredible can you get? This is powerful. And right now we need him more than ever because the two things that Satan has attacked the most in our society right now is the family and the church. Ex-Satanists tell us all the time the reason is because those are the two bedrocks, the pillars of society. Without the family and without the church, society cannot stand. It will crumble. And we're starting to see that. The family is under attack. In fact, Sister Lucia Fatima said the final battle between God and Satan will be over marriage in the family. 
And the attack on the universal church is like nothing we've ever seen. The hatred for, for anything Christian or any morals that we try to live by. So if you have Satan's biggest two targets are the family and the church, because if you bring them down, you bring down mankind, who do we need to turn to to aid us in this battle? The patron saint of the family and the patron saint of the church. Both just happen to be this man. So very important. Now, <clears throat> God is giving us a chance right now through the coronavirus to spend time with our families. This is one of the greater goods God's bringing out of this terrible evil of the coronavirus. And you might say, well, Father, I really don't want to spend time with more with my family. Um, right now, we are so dysfunctional. All families are dysfunctional. But again, as I said last Saturday, please be with your family. Put that fun back into dysfunctional. Um, I gave the example that even the Holy Family had some dysfunction. They didn't have sin, but they did have dysfunction. In fact, they didn't communicate. They left Jesus behind when they left Jerusalem in the caravan. And it took a few days for them to realize Jesus wasn't with them. That's how the community was back then. They just assumed that the, the, the neighbors and the friends and the family were taking care of him. And so there was miscommunication. They even got upset with each other. And Mary's like, Jesus, how could you do this to us? You've worried you, my, your father and me sick. And so I think God is showing us, like any family, that, you know, we're not perfect. And even the Holy Family, the greatest family in history, is like every other family. And so there's some beautiful lessons today. Now, let's talk about our gospel. Matthew is who we read from today. Now, Matthew doesn't really tell us about the birth of Jesus in the detail that Luke does. When you heard the gospel, you probably thought, oh, this is that long passage on the birth of Jesus and the angel and all that. No, Luke does that. Now, what does Matthew do? He tells us where Jesus comes from through the eyes of Joseph, even though Joseph never said a word in the Bible. He tells us through his eyes, Jesus comes from David, both by Mary and Joseph. Mary by blood, she's a blood descendant, and Joseph by inheritance, as an adopted son, as an inheritance and legal line. He came from Joseph, who also came from David. Joseph came from the line of David. So, in the two Gospels, Luke and Matthew, we have something very interesting. Luke, who did Luke speak to? The Gentiles. Gentile means non-Jewish. So in Luke, when he gives the genealogy, and remember the genealogy, this guy begot this guy, and this guy begot this guy. It's all unpronounceable names. Luke shows the genealogy of Jesus all the way back to Adam because he goes all through humanity. But Matthew only traces Jesus back to Abraham, his Jewish roots, because Matthew was speaking to the Jews. And I, I said on Saturday, I don't know if Brother Mark could do it now, but if he can show our apostles, if you see the um, image of Jesus in the divine mercy in the middle, and you go to the second to the left, you notice our apostle there has a child next to him. 
And everybody always asks us, who is that? Well, that's Matthew. And Matthew has a child next to him because it explains the genealogy. He explains how this child came from this child or from this father and this child came from this father. And he traces the lineage of Jesus back to Abraham, his Jewish roots. And so this is why Matthew has the child next to him. The genealogy is traced. And so what's going on, what Matthew explains is this is a betrothal, is what we may call a betrothal is really different than what we would think today. Now, that's really a ratification of an engagement. It's actually deeper than an engagement. And do you know the couples actually live together in a betrothment, but they did not have relations. They did not live yet as man and wife. Now, this could have been arranged even as children. And so this is very important. So once the betrothal was entered into, it was binding and it lasted one year. So this is now where the gospel comes in. So this arrangement had been made. Joseph is betrothed, Mary's betrothed to Joseph. And all of a sudden now, here comes a wrench, <laughs> right? Now, the couple, Joseph and Mary, were already known as man and wife, as I said, but they didn't have the rights yet. So the conjugal relations. So, but it could only, because they were known as man and wife, be terminated by divorce. Now, this is understandable why Joseph wanted a divorce, because otherwise, everybody would have thought he got her pregnant. And that would have been scandalous. Now, there are three beliefs of the saints of why Joseph wanted to divorce Mary. Now, the one is because he was righteous and he was not immoral at all. Again, he didn't commit its sins. He was conceived with sin, but not a sin actively sinner. Now, he was righteous and he didn't want immorality. So he was suspicious of adultery. This was held by Justin Martyr, St. John Chrysostom, and even St. Augustine. That was the first theory. Now, the second was held by St. Jerome. And St. Jerome said he was perplexed because he didn't think Mary was unfaithful, but he thought this whole thing is way too strange for me. I don't know what's going on, but this is way too much for me. So that's the reason he wanted out. That was St. Jerome's belief. Now, the reverence theory which was held by St. Bernard of Clairvaux and St. Thomas Aquinas, said that Joseph knew that Jesus was of the Holy Spirit, that she was pregnant, and thought himself unworthy. And so he said, I know this is of the Holy Spirit. I know this is the child of God, but I can't do this. And so Father Don Calloway subscribes to this theory, and the angel confirms that. Now, Joseph, though, either way, whichever reason he was, could have benefited from divorcing Mary because he could have got his dowry back in court, the money he paid for Mary to be his bride. But being just, he didn't want to embarrass her. Now, he was not hasty. He was not judgmental. He was not angry. And so then God rewarded him. God rewarded him with guidance and consolation of what was going on. Now, notice that the angel, because don't you ever say to yourself, gee, 
Lord, how come you can't treat me like Joseph? How come you just can't send an angel to me and show me what you want and I'll do it? Okay, this is the thing. Notice that the angel only appeared to Joseph after he committed to doing the most charitable thing, not thinking of himself, but thinking of Mary. In a crisis, is charity our first response? I think this is a key question. Usually we only think of ourselves. I'm owed this. I want to clear my name. But here Joseph was worried about Mary's name. And God answered by giving him the full understanding. What a lesson for us. So this gospel could actually be called, this I also said Saturday, and I'm kind of summarizing what I talked about on my talk on St. Joseph, is a second, basically, annunciation. Mary gave the first yes, the fiat, to the angel, but now Joseph does too. And his yes is needed so that Jesus could have the appearance of an earthly father, a respectable lineage coming from David. This is Joseph's role. Now, <clears throat> this is so important. You've heard me say this a couple times, but I gotta reiterate this. I get letter after letter from non-Catholics, and God bless you, I think this is wonderful because this is opening dialogue. Again, the number one letter I get in complaint, again, shockingly, is call no man your father. And I've answered that no less than 200 times. Uh, that's the number one I get, very much surprising to me. But a very common one I get is Jesus had brothers and sisters, therefore Mary was not a virgin. And I always answer this, but I want to explain it again because people always point out the gospel says they had no relations until she bore a son. And I haven't mentioned this until briefly Saturday for the first time as St. Jerome explains this. And he says the words before and until do not signify anything that happened afterwards. It's just talking about what happened before. It only, it's only about what was not done before. So it makes no statement about what was done after. I shall be with you until the end of time, God said. Well, wait a minute. I shall be with you. Okay, he is. Until the end of time. As you've heard me say, does that mean at the end of time, God will no longer be with us? No. All right, Christ, it says in the gospel, shall rule until all his enemies are put under his feet. Does that mean after the enemies are put under his feet, he will stop ruling? No. It's only talking about up until that time. In the language of the scripture, somebody wrote a nice letter to me saying, the Bible says Jesus was her first begotten son. That means there were others afterwards. No, it doesn't mean that in the scriptural language. It just means that he has the right of the first son, whether or not there's other children that came after. And I think it's powerful. And I quoted uh, one of the Protestant fathers, Zwingli. And a lot of people say, well, you know, the Protestants don't believe in the perpetual virginity of Mary. Well, actually, the Protestant fathers did. Listen to Zwingli. He is a Protestant father, and he said, quote, I firmly believe Mary remained a virgin, pure and intact, in childbirth and also after the birth for all eternity. All the church fathers believe this. John Calvin, even Martin Luther, this is important. 
as I pointed out, the words in the scriptures we have to understand. And this I got from my scripture class. I'm forever grateful. This is why I love taking you guys back to seminary with me. Every Saturday, if you haven't joined us, 11 o'clock Eastern time, join us for a seminary class. I always laugh. The benefit is you don't have to pay tuition. Seminary is very expensive. It's like going to college. And I want to take you back to seminary with me to teach you what I learned and what I've, what I've been taught. It's so beautiful. Like, for instance, the word, remember, our scriptures were written in Greek, right? They, they were written in Greek. And so the Greek word Adelphos, or in the Hebrew, ah, can mean not just a biological brother, but close relative, cousins, all right? Brothers can mean relatives. Otherwise, Jesus would not have given Mary to John on the cross if he had any living brothers, because John wasn't his brother. Now, I said before, what about Lot? Who's he in relation to, to uh, Abraham? People say his nephew. Yeah, if you're looking at Genesis eleven twenty seven, But in Genesis 14, 14, it says Lot was Abraham's brother. Now, you can't be both your brother and your nephew unless that word means something like close relative. And so this is so powerful. You know, St. Joseph plays an important role here. And it even says that Jesus had brothers, James and Joseph, the sons of Mary. But you got to keep reading because in the Bible it says the sons of Mary, and it goes on to explain Mary, the wife of Clopas, not Mary, the wife of Joseph. Clopas and Joseph are different. And so Joseph is our guy. So let us finish by saying he is the man, right? He is the man. Tradition says he died before Jesus began his public ministry. Many believe around 18 AD, which would have put Jesus as a later teenager, dying in the arms of Mary and Joseph. I mean, Jesus. Now, Mary would have not picked him or God would not have picked Joseph for Mary unless he had so much sanctity. And I want to finish with a paragraph where St. Faustina even mentions St. Joseph in her diary. And she says this, powerful stuff, number 1203. St. Joseph urged me to have a constant devotion to him. He himself told me to recite three prayers, the Our Father, the Hail Mary, and the Glory Be, and then the Memorare once every day. And I apologize, I made a mistake. Earlier I said that that was the Memorare to our Blessed Mother. Um, <clears throat> I did the research on it. Actually, I was wrong. It's the Memorare to St. Joseph. And so I apologize for that. But either way, you can't go wrong, right? All right. So then to finish, um, he looked at me with great kindness and gave me to know how much he is supporting this work of mercy. You are with us in this work of mercy. He has promised me the spiritual help and protection. I recite the requested prayers every day and feel his special protection. Wow. So remember what St. Teresa of Avila said. St. Teresa of Avila said, you know, God gives us saints for different occasions, but he gives us St. Joseph for every occasion. That is powerful. So in this year of St. Joseph, declared by the church, he is this powerful intercessor. And remember, there are plenary indulgences offered right now in the year of St. Joseph. If you pray <clears throat> the prayer to St. Joseph, like the litany, or you do an act of piety 
to St. Joseph. You can get a plenary indulgence. This is all listed in Father Don Calloway's book, a great resource. And for all of you who are following it today and will consecrate today, you're in our prayers. God bless all of you. And let us turn to St. Joseph in this year of St. Joseph and not forget the gift of a plenary indulgence by doing a prayer to him like the litany to St. Joseph. In fact, a priest gave it to me as my penance and confession. I thought, wow, Lord, you're speaking. And if we do an act of piety in honor of St. Joseph, we can get a plenary indulgence. Now is the time, right now in this year of St. Joseph, to turn to the man who was given to us as the patron of the family and the church, the two things in most need of our prayers as Marian helpers. We stand together united as a family and an army. And people say, Father, what do I do now? I'm a Marian helper. I gave you your first task with first Fridays and first Saturdays. Now our next task is the daily plenary indulgence. You could do it for those with COVID, as I described in my one video, or right now in the year of St. Joseph, prayers in his litany or devotion to him. Let us not turn down these graces and stand together as a family under the patronage of the head of the family, St. Joseph. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit divinemercyplus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's divinemercyplus.org. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.